Welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. This episode may have discussions of sexual abuse and alcohol abuse. So on this episode, we are celebrating sobriety with special guest Bonita Botello. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's how you say it. Thank God! From, <laughs> from Bookbo. Hi! How you doing? Hey! I'm good, how are you guys? Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for being on. Of course. So, when we have a guest on, we like to ask their pronouns. We all go by she, her, hers. Um, Bernita, what are yours? She, her, hers as well. All right. I'm going to try to not clap every time I talk. <laughs> Are you I'm sure you're nervous. not from New York? It's not. I know, right? <laughs> not the aggressive. It's very, you know. <laughs> okay. So before we get into the episode, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your company, Bookbo? Yes. Hello, um, listeners. Um, if you're not familiar, <laughs> my name is Benita Botello, and I own a little company called Bookbo. And Bookbo uh, is three years old, and we are a padded book sleeve that um, you're able to throw your books in the bow and put it in your backpack or purse without damaging the pages or corners. And just so uh, people know, it's spelled book bow as in B-E-A-U, right? Correct. Yeah. Book bow. B-E-A-U. Yes. I was um, a real romance reader at the time. So that's where I got the name from. I was really looking Uh. for like book boyfriend, something to like (laughs) companion the book. So that's kind of where I, where I got it. How French. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah or thirsty i don't know what you're thirsty that works too speaking of thirsty no i'm just kidding speaking of thirsty you don't want to see what's on my instagram <laughs> <laughs> instant follow girl instant <laughs> you missed our avengers episode <gasps> okay that's hilarious um so i asked Jenny to invite you on the episode because I know Bookbo and Fanmail have worked together before. Um, I had heard you on the Sotorial Geek podcast talking a little bit about your journey with recovery and how you started your company um, after becoming sober. And you mentioned on the episode that you really wanted to be on a podcast talking a little bit more in depth about it. Yes. So, yeah, so I was like, I was like, okay, like, I, I knew when I started the, the podcast that I was going to want to have a Soberversary episode for myself. And so I was like, oh, she'd be a great guest. Uh, also, because I just moved to Texas, I like secretly want to be friends with you. So. Hey, hey, so you say no more. You're in Austin. You know, and I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I was actually just telling a friend, too, about like coming on a podcast to talk about sobriety. And he was like, oh, are you open about that? And I'm like. Yeah, actually. And I feel like that's why I was asked. Like anytime I have an opportunity to talk about it, I, I talk about it. Um, not because like my story is like crazy, sad. It's just a normal story. Like it's a really, it's a regular story. And so anytime I have an opportunity to kind of just like openly talk about it and like let people know that like, you know, for example, I was just saying how a lot of people feel shame. Um, yes. And whether, you know, it's something that's happened two years ago, it might still be something that people are embarrassed of. And I'm just, I'm more proud of Me too. my accomplishments now. And I want to talk about it because I know if I would have heard this story seven years ago, it might have, you know, saved me a lot of heartache. So um, I'm definitely always about talking. So thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited. Thank you for being on. Yeah, I, yeah. I try to talk about my alcoholism a lot um, to destigmatize it. 
And I've found that it has helped a lot of people. I've had a lot of people message me to ask for advice, which I don't like to give unsolicited. So if you want advice, please message me because I will not just unsolicited give you advice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, because it's no point. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people do it just to do it. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I take it very seriously. And the time that I go into talking about my sobriety, I hope that someone takes it just as seriously. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I second that. Yeah. Um, so the way I want to start the discussion is by saying my name is Danielle and I am an alcoholic. Uh, the day this episode airs will be my seven years sober. I also think it's important to to reiterate that I'm a recovering alcoholic. So my experiences should not be likened to someone recovering from other substances as the process can be very different depending on that substance. Yeah, so Bonita, are you comfortable sharing your relationship with alcohol and how you knew you needed to quit? Yes, 100%. Open, ready. Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Put on your hats, guys. (laughs) It's going to be a wild ride. No, just just kidding. (laughs) So, uh, I guess, like, basically, basically, when did you know you needed to quit? So, um, I knew I needed to quit when I got a DUI. Um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of things like leading up to where it was just like, every time I was like, I'm, you know, that casual, I'm never drinking again. I woke up and I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how I got home. I had to go outside and like with my boyfriend at the time, run outside to see where I parked. You know, there are multiple times where I was in the grass where it was just one of those scary things where muscle memory 100% got you home. And now that is just like, so sad and terrifying to like, revisit because I do not like driving at night. I do not go out on New Year's. Um, Like I'm just like really, really scared of like the biggest thing that hit me too is like when I got in trouble um, when I was at home, when I was in jail (laughs) crying and the fact that someone could have taken like my current like fiance away from me um, was just terrifying. So that was my real indication. I was like, okay, cool. I can't avoid this anymore. I can't keep telling myself that I'm not going to stop drinking. Everyone knows like, you know, you're my fiance together. had say it again. You're still together with the yes, person yes. You've... Um, and I couldn't do it without him. He's been the right. reason I've been able to stay sober, and he actually has not had a lick of alcohol since I haven't. That's awesome. Um, my, my yeah, and that's definitely sober. been one of the key successes, which I know we'll touch on later. But um, that was it. And then I was like, cool. Like I will not be drinking and driving anymore. Um, it was my first offense. I had to get a breathalyzer on my car. Um, I had to, and I had it for 18 months. I had to, I was court appointed this, these classes and it was a group and individual sessions. And I was like, cool, I won't drink and drive anymore. Um, cool. Fast forward to a week later, I was at a Rangers game and I was so annihilated that I went home. Someone picked me up. I went home. I got up to go to work at 7am and I blew her my breathalyzer and I got a, a violation because I was so excuse my language, fucked up from the night before (laughs) that um, it went off. And so I was so scared. And it actually happened two days later. I went out again and, you know, it's just like, I clearly had a problem and I had to face my probation officer and they had to call the judge right in front of me. And that basically scared the shit out of me. Um, I ended up going to these group things and I signed a paper saying I would not drink during the course of this class. And I for once held up my end of the bargain and um, I had a great counselor and it was the first day of the rest of my life. So the system wow. really worked for me. Yeah. That's incredible. 
Yeah. But, you know, I had to want it. I was in there and I knew I didn't belong there. You know, I was in there. It was court appointed. So you can imagine what that was like. You know, I was in there with people who had pulled up in Mercedes Benz and suits. And then I was also in there with people who couldn't stay up because they were on, you know, like methadone or, you know, had gotten caught because their kids were driving with them and they had all kinds of drugs. I mean, it was like all walks of life. And I was like, I do not belong with this crowd of people. And um, I just got really lucky with my counselor. And uh, she really helped mm-hmm. me, like, see the light, so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny because you're, you're talking about how, like, oh, I, you just, like, kept repeatedly getting, like, knocked out of the park drunk and, like, knowing you needed to quit. And, like, that's exactly what it was like for me. Like, I, I mean, I must have, like, posted on Facebook and stuff so many times, like, oh, I definitely, like, I need to stop drinking and, like, I need, like, I would basically just, like, make promises with myself that I knew that I couldn't keep. Yes. Like, about, like, the the New Year's before going sober, I said that I would only drink at friends' birthdays and at um, shows, like concerts, but then I immediately went on tour for a month. Oh, well. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, that that's doesn't make any sense right well and that was the thing it's just a matter of broken promises and like letting yourself down you know uh and now that I'm sober that's kind of one of the things like the self-love thing that I've like really understood like how much we deserve these things and can't let ourselves down anymore so yeah I I hear you there were many times where I promised that this was it and it wouldn't probably be a few hours later if someone called I just had absolutely no self-control just zero yeah I, I probably blacked out a good hundred times before I quit drinking I don't know how often you blacked out, but... I mean, I don't know. I was blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you want to keep it real. So yeah. many times. Not okay. <laughs> Not okay. No. Uh, yeah, the the last night I ever drank, I, I, I just remember drinking, like, I bought, like, a handle of, like, very dirt cheap rum, and I remember it being, like... 9 o'clock p.m. and then I remember being 9 o'clock a.m. Jeez. Or anything in between. So what, like, made you in that instance stop? Um, it was funny. I actually, like, I woke up the that morning and I said, I need to stop drinking. Um, and I messaged my best friend and I said hey, I, I think I need to, like, stop drinking, not realizing I had hung out with him the night before and completely ruined his night because he had to babysit me while I was being, like, a total, you know, drunk. Yep. Like, shit <laughs> show at yeah. Asbury Park. Um, like, I had no memory of even seeing him. Um, Jeez. Yeah, and he was like, if you don't stop drinking, I will never talk to you again. And and I did I did I never drank again after that day, or starting that day. And it's funny that you say that because like you know how Jenny was asking like what made you that was my thing like um, with my fiance Aaron it was kind of like he was like I deserve better than this like I know that I'm better and it was one of those things where he had been so patient he I knew he was like one of the better things that had happened to me and I owed it to him like I loved him enough to want to try to get my life together like. It was like I was on my last straw with um, my antics and being irresponsible and ruining his life. And, you know, it was ruining mine. And I loved myself enough to like to break the cycle and let it end with me because I come from a long line of 
close relatives who have died of cirrhosis of the liver. Like I can name five aunts and uncles off the top of my head, my dad's side of the family, who have died from cirrhosis of the liver. I've been drinking since I was like 12 or 13 years old at the dinner table with my family. I was I was set up for failure without even knowing what they were doing to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I started drinking when I was around like 13 or 14 and like I I don't remember what it was not with my family. Definitely not my very Mexican dude. And you know, I hate to be <laughs> like that, but it really is. It's like a very cultural thing. Like, you know, we would, they would, my parent, my, we would have birthday parties and afterward there was a different birthday party. You know what I mean? And it was like adults mm-hmm. hanging out and getting messed up. I have fond memories of my mom beating my grandma up, like just in drunken rages and fights. Like, Jeez. I mean, it's just so sad to think about. Oh my God. Yeah. I think mine was just like kind of <laughs> like being raised in suburbia I was born in like suburban New Jersey and there's nothing to do other than be a brat Get with, your, with your friends. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just like started drinking pretty early. Um, but then like m- my relationship with alcohol is very intertwined with sexual abuse uh, because I basically, and I, I didn't realize it until I was like, like in my mid twenties, like I like I had a partner who had been raping me from the age of like seventeen, and he, he would like get me blackout drunk, or as close to as possible, um. In order to to do whatever he wanted to do, and I would you know try to fight him off, and it it just wouldn't matter, um. Sorry, obviously difficult to talk about. Um, <laughs> no, okay. yeah, take your time. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah so it, yeah, so I think a lot. I think a lot of times people don't even realize how much, like abuse and alcohol, like sexual abuse and alcohol, are intertwined with each other. Um. So basically, like, in order to be able to like handle being, like, sexually assaulted and raped, I have a hard time saying raped, and I. I understand that is what happened to me, but it's still a very difficult thing for me to say when I'm talking about myself. Sure. Um, so what? So when if you're someone who is being sexually abused in a relationship and there is alcohol fueling that relationship, a lot of times, or at least with me, basically, like I just would drink to numb myself to be mm-hmm. able to handle what I knew would be happening, um, and it, it was just like. It was just many, many, it was like seven years of this, and it took me until a friend basically like told me I was being raped, because I had never really told anyone what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, you know, I, I remember eventually trying to like break away from that relationship, and I moved to San Diego, I remember like blacking out and having like a one night stand there and it taking me like two hours to find my apartment when I lived two blocks from my apartment and like I had like met some guy at the bar and he like like I woke up like naked with this man and like he like told me how like that it took us like two hours and that I was like so blacked out he didn't know if we would like make it back to my place and I'm like in my head I'm like because, like, I still couldn't really fully understand, like, all the sexual abuse that had happened to me because I hadn't come to terms with it yet. Like, so so I didn't even understand, really, like, well, why, why did this person, like, have sex with me if I was, like, 
so unconscious he basically had to carry walk me home mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like all these different scenarios like this where where alcohol was just kind of like used as this tool to numb myself because I couldn't handle like coming to terms with sexual abuse that I was facing right um and then basically when I went sober I also went celibate and I, I basically just like stopped having sex with anyone until I met my husband, um, like, or until I got with my husband, like, like, I guess like six or seven years later. Like six. Yeah, I was about to say, how long did that later. take you to like well, I went, feel like I you went, were in a good place? I went sober at twenty five. Um, well, well, it's funny because like right before I went sober, I remember I I started dating someone and they were sober, and. I was like, okay, this is this is great. This will this will help me get sober, and that person coerced me into sex, and I was like, well, I might as well just keep drinking, <laughs> so like, just like be what they want me to be, and like not have to feel, um, yeah, terrible. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so I, so I went sober around twenty five, and then I didn't start dating my husband until I was thirty one. So I guess six years mm-hmm. and honestly like the majority of the times I've even like hooked up like made out like anything with uh, like a cis man they have coerced me to go further than I'm comfortable with right um, and so when I was drunk I was never able to like have my my needs of telling people no <laughs> actually like respected so when I became sober, I just decided not to even go down the route of like being put into the position of having to have my needs trampled on. Yeah, right. right. Like you feel as though you had some loss of your own bodily autonomy because... Oh, I felt like I had no bodily autonomy. I mean, that's a, that's a good way to put it. It's just like I, had, I felt like I had none. Yeah, and that's the problem, I think, with just anything and, like, why people drink, too. It's, like, to just, like, to escape, to get away. And it, yes. it just it causes so much more damage. You know, the minute I stopped drinking was the second I had to start taking everything head on and dealing with yes. it and, right cashing that check and looking at it in the rearview mirror for the first time ever. And um, it's hard now, obviously, but um, everything I deal with now is head on and it's, like, handled for as, yeah, you know, I as well as I realize... can. I didn't realize how horrible my anxiety was until I quit drinking. Right. Um, Everything's brought to the surface, dude, that you've been just, like, suppressing hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, and I was also, I was, um, I don't know you about, I was just a binge drinker. Like, I didn't drink at home ever, but every time I drank, I drank, like, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Balls to like, the wall. Like, like Frank the Tank. You couldn't wrong. stop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like Frank the Tank. I, I was, was like... that, but also casual <laughs> as a hell. I would have shower, beer, beers in the shower. I enjoyed the taste of alcohol, you know. Oh, I love the taste of alcohol. Sober. Yeah, I yeah, was, was drinking at home. I was, you know what I mean? Like, as soon as I got home from work, like, I mean, it was, yeah. it was an often, very often thing. I always had to be inebriated in some way i wasn't at work or anything like that but the minute it was my time that that was how i wanted my right. be spending my time yeah thank you for sharing that and i know that you both kind of talked about the why you decided to get sober or what brought you to the moment that you needed to be sober but um 
I'm interested to hear how you both got sober. Like, or do you have any helpful tips for others trying to get to that stage in life? Like what? Yeah, I know you, Vanita, you talked about like the actual process, but like mm-hmm. what in that process, like helped I you can, actually get sober? I can tell you 100% it was therapy. Okay. It was, yeah. I got really lucky with a great fucking counselor. And she was court appointed, was doing it out of the kindness of her heart. And she just was no bullshit and um, really helped me see where I was going wrong. And like, just like patiently steered me in the right direction. And like, I was overworking myself because I had had two jobs and I was paying for this DUI that was, I already didn't have the money for that. I was able to come up with like $17,000 from working my ass off. And then I remember coming in and I told her, I was like, I was at my breaking point. I hadn't had 30, I had worked 30 days straight and I was tired, but I had somewhere to go and talk to. And she was like, let's start a journal. Let's figure out how you're spending your time every second. If you're eating or you're watching your favorite show, like that's your time. And she really, like, I had to do that for an entire month. And I was like, wow, I'm not as tired as I think I am. I am getting quality time to myself. Um, I am. She just really broke it down to me. And I just cannot recommend like therapy enough. Um, And I don't, I don't, that's a really bootleg version of therapy um, because I couldn't afford it. But I got really, really lucky. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily like you going and sitting down and talking on a couch. It's a matter of finding someone who just you can counsel and like talk to. Um, So that was such a big, important part of my sobriety. Um, Also, myself wanting to meet her halfway. I had to show up every time, and I did. Yeah, that's a big part of just therapy in general. Like, yeah, I mean, I think if – without it having so much of, like, the stigma, I guess, on it to where, like, you know, like, you're crazy or whatever, like, there's just so much stuff that's not dealt with that you're alone with, um, whether it be anything heavy or, or super light. It's just so helpful. Meditation's been another thing that's been really amazing for me. Um, I don't do it as often as I'd like to now, but it's definitely – put me in a better place yeah we think everyone should go yeah totally we all smiled when you said therapy (laughs) i mean i would have never ever thought that i would be someone that said i mean and if i can now actually as soon as i get more stuff in line which you know is a standard like making excuses i would love to find somebody local again to start going just to talk you know um as you guys being business owners too this is very lonely it's very very lonely um you know i'm lucky enough to have a business partner um, Errol, but you know, it's like, it's a different, it's a different thing. You know, you, you know, I've got friends who work for me now and I've got to try to find the balance and separating the two and keeping it business and professional and also respecting them and hoping they respect me and, and, and be a friend too. So it's, this is, it's been really hard. And then my fiance doesn't have, you know, he's got a very normal job. He works nine to five. He works for the city. I've got to go home and act like I'm just not all over the place doing podcasts at, you know, in the evening and, you know, go home and make dinner and you know what I mean? Very, very normal. So balance has been very, very hard. So I don't, I, I need more therapy is what I'm trying to say. Help me. We all need more therapy. Help me. <laughs> yeah, what I about you, D? Same thing? Or? No, I fucking wish. Oh my God. I wish I went to therapy immediately after, uh, going sober i um i i did the the foolish route of trying to do it all myself um i was going to ask you if you had did you do aa at all i did not but the court thing the court thing that i had was very strange like like i said they were called groups and individuals so the group 
session was basically AA. They kind of like told us our steps. We had like little like lessons and then we had to like, you know, uh, play like little game. It was very, very strange. So it was kind of like more like AA. I never went to a typical one. And then I had the individual sessions once a month, which was with the counselor. Um, so that was as close to I got, but I know I never did actual AA. So I did not go to AA. And what I did is kind of, I guess, non-traditional, but it worked for me. And it's what I recommend to people who have emailed me to ask for help in becoming sober. I basically made a post on Facebook announcing that I was giving up drinking mm-hmm. and doing that basically held me accountable. Right. It kind of gave, it basically gave me like immediate, I guess, like support from like my friends, like knowing I was quitting and knowing not to offer me drinks anymore because I got like, like I was like a Frank the Tank type of person. Um, So I was the person that immediately everyone would hand the drinks to. Um, So like that, that really helped me in like any social situations to just know that people kind of knew, Hey, like don't hand me a drink instead of having to like individually go up to people and be like, Oh, Hey, I'm not drinking or like, feel uncomfortable like not knowing if someone knew or not right um so that actually really worked for me and it also made it really obvious to me who was going to be supportive of me versus who was going to be kind of selfish and try to still get me to drink misery loves company they drop like flies <laughs> yeah you will find out sure who Facts. who your drinking friends were versus who mm-hmm. your friends were pretty quickly mm-hmm. once you go sober um i i also i mean like i i started little pedal like about six months before i went sober but i hadn't done anything at all because i was just drinking all the time so like once i stopped drinking is when i actually like really like dove deep into it and just started like um, my alternative bridal line. Uh, I also got Nort, my dog, mm-hmm. like pretty immediately after going sober. Nice. Um, but whenever anyone asks me for tips, I usually tell them to go to AA, even though I had never went because I have many, many friends who went and I know that a lot of people are worried about it because of like religious connotations but there are so many different meetings mm-hmm. and not all of them are like that. Okay. To my understanding, like a, a lot of them, it's like very minimal. And like, you, I mean, I know that there's like a higher power or whatever, but you can kind of make the higher power whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, like so Matt Fraction, who's a comic book uh, writer, writer or artist? Writer. 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 Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, like he has a quote he says my higher power is a james brown tape so you kind of just like (laughs) sure it's what it's like whatever works for you whatever is going to keep you going and like keep you in the support of these other people who are going through something similar to you yeah that's Um, my biggest thing too i would say um i would definitely say like um shit what are they called um sober like when you have someone who like a, a sponsor 
a sponsor. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, someone who kind of like encourages that. And like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't recommend sober friends enough. And, uh, like, it's crazy because I don't like seek them out now, but every single oh, person that I like work I with it. and involved with do not drink. Yep. And it's like the strangest thing because I, I went from only knowing people who like get down to pe- knowing down. people that won't even openly like have anything like we all sit at the table and I know this sounds crazy to like most people but the hardest part for me was like sitting down somewhere and not ordering a drink so like mm-hmm. to sit down at a restaurant still and everyone be like tea Dr. Pepper like we're not like looking and waiting to see what everyone's gonna get and like follow their lead it's like water lemon like you know it's like it's mm-hmm. the norm now and it's so refreshing yeah so refreshing I, a lot of the people that I've met in Austin are sober yeah, really dude, awesome. Austin's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I like it a lot. I haven't made that many friends yet, but pretty much everyone who I've met is sober. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when when I was first going sober, I remember I would, I would basically always try to have like a soda in my hand if mm-hmm. I was at like, uh, like a concert or a bar or whatever. That way, if it was a, just like someone who didn't know me, mm-hmm. they wouldn't ask me. Like, yeah. buy me a drink, because I would already have a drink in my hand. Right. Um, also, I found that if you are someone who drank a lot of mixed drinks and you're trying to go sober, don't don't stop drinking soda, because you'll go through alcohol withdrawal and caffeine withdrawal at the same time. Mm. Yikes. Which is very painful. <laughs> so, like, keep keep drinking soda. I don't drink any soda now, but if you're when you're trying to quit drinking keep yeah. drinking soda <laughs> gotcha that's an interesting note because i wouldn't have thought i wouldn't have associated that. yeah i would yeah. have never thought of that yeah but that that does make sense yeah you will get some major migraines if you try to Oof. if you don't think about continuing to drink soda at that time it's so funny for me to push soda because i am so anti-soda <laughs> but like <laughs> in this one scenario it's better than booze <laughs> I oh also Shirley Temples are great. Um, <laughs> find find a drink that is fun that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I find that whenever I order a Shirley Temple around people who do drink, they're always like, "Wait, I want a Shirley Temple." And I'm like, "Yeah, Same. you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Extra cherries, please." I always have a Shirley Temple. I still I, I still love Shirley Temples. Um, but thanks for sharing the how you got um sober because they're both very unconventional but still very like like you can't discredit it like they're right. both they they did what they did what you had needed them to do right and got you to where you are now because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's hard it, you fall into those things sometimes like i mean if that were the case and i truly wanted to get where i i, sh- I could have done that a long time ago but you know it like put me in a situation where i was like ready to like you know man up you know to say like just really like finally get my shit together and hold myself accountable yeah Mm -hmm. so but i was wondering if you do have any advice for friends and family who want to support someone going sober because i know that there's like you said you you were danielle you were you said you do who your friends were and who your drinking friends were but is there anything you could look back on now and wish you had more support of in it's so hard to see to really see that until you go sober, um, because you're just like these are my friends. Mm-hmm. We're like we're hanging out. No, um, I wasn't like that. Oh, okay. your girl was salty from the jump. <laughs> Her so usual. Right. Anyone who knows me is listening to this will not be surprised at all. Um, 
Not me. Not me. I had absolutely no fucking time for it. I I'd been I'd worked very hard, and so like my my thing is from friends and family. Anyone who's truly like listening and wants to get the person that they care about like help is to respect it. Like mm-hmm. period. If you cannot sit down for dinner and not have a single drink and respect the fact that I'm not drinking oh, I meant I'm so soon in the process. Sober. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just like <laughs> in general now, like I yes. just don't have time for it. Like I'm cool now. Like I'm so past the point now. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but I'm also going to be sick. I'll On be Sunday. six years sober. Um Congrats. In like 10 days. So I guess well, I, I'm coming up on six years. So I'm, I'm Gucci now. But before in the very <laughs> beginning when I did like you, I didn't post necessarily on Facebook, but people around me knew I was sober. And if they like couldn't for like a single dinner, just respect the fact that it was like super fresh. Um, then I was like, I just didn't have time for it. Yeah, I had, I mean, like I had, I had friends who I thought were my very close friends and I went sober and I'd be like, hey, let's do the same exact thing. Let's get Chinese takeout and watch a movie and, like, whatever and just not drink while we're doing it. And they wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean... They just refused flat out to do it. And it's, like, crazy. We're just crazy. Yeah, Yeah. that is crazy because, like, I spend time with you all and I don't drink and I spend time with my friends and I do drink, but we have a, like... Coming yeah, as a, I, from someone who isn't, I'm not sober. I honestly forget I, yes. that you and, and Jenny drink. Well, <laughs> and it's almost hard to look at it when you know people are can do it easily. And it's like, jealous. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, right. lucky. <laughs> you know? But, you know, but, but what you're doing is also like a lot of like self-control. And, and it's, it's a very mm-hmm. difficult thing to do and to overcome. Yeah. And you have to show up every day. Like rent is due still. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's constantly a, a battle. Like, and it's a choice every single day. I'm choosing to like better myself and make the right choice. Cause it's not what's right for me. Um, right. so every day I choose, I don't have any reason. I don't have kids. I don't have any real reason other than like loving myself and like where I've come right now. Um, and that's enough. And for a long time, it hasn't been. So uh, I'm definitely in it for the long haul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you just like if you want to support your friend who is going sober, you just basically you just have to like show up in a way that matters for them. Like, don't like right. if you like I still have people who will bring wine bottles to my house and it blows my fucking mind. Because I'm, like, I'm like, I don't what? it's like, look. It's very easy to just ask. I think because I am so vocal about mm-hmm. my sobriety, people assume that I will tell them, please don't bring that to my house. But I personally feel like it should be kind of the opposite. Like, I don't care how vocal I am. Like, you should be unspoken. You should kinda, like, yeah. You should, yeah, you should kind of know better. Just like, no, yeah, it's really easy better. to just be like, yeah, are you comfortable with me bringing this wine bottle to your house? Why are you bringing it? Because they want to drink it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not kidding. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'm not kidding when I say that. <laughs> Your face, Rokina. I'm disgusted. Um, but it's just like that's my face all the time. Yeah, and you need to you need to understand things that like. So I mean, I like I used to get asked by a couple of people who just like didn't understand. Like, oh well, can't you just have like one glass of wine? Mm. And it's like, no, no, I cannot. Why is it important? important for you for me to have that one glass of wine right. if you are someone who needs your friend to have a glass of wine 
and your friend is telling you they cannot drink anymore, then maybe you need to, you know, do some searching within yourself as to why you need that. You need and to check maybe, yourself. Maybe you need to get some sort of help mm-hmm. from yeah. what you might be yes. going through. Also, I feel like if a person says they aren't drinking or they're or if that they're sober, I don't think it's really necessarily and if you're any of your business to question why they are, like no, no not, it's your business to like, just be their friend. <laughs> yeah, like if I said, Oh, I can't have grapefruit juice. Exactly. Cool. I mean, just respect the process. Okay. I mean that's yeah, because it's so not, easy. Not everyone is as vocal as the two of us are. Yes. Right. Some people are very private about their alcoholism because mm-hmm. it is such a stigmatized thing. And like it's why I try to speak out about it so much. Like like <laughs> like at bars, like I mean this doesn't happen to me as much anymore because I'm married now, but man would often like ask me to buy me a, like ask to buy me a drink and I would just <laughs> I would say very like just like flat out uh, they'd be like oh can i buy you a drink and i would say nope i'm a recovering alcoholic <laughs> and they, they, okay. they just like don't know what to do with the information I, I love how blunt that is oh my god i'm just so, yeah. so blunt about it. and then i and then i would smile at them and i'd be like but you can buy me a shirley temple yeah and then 99 percent of the time they would start laughing and they'd be like Oh, that's really cool. Okay. I would say that's so cute that you want a Shirley Temple. I'll get you as many Shirley Temples as you freaking want. <laughs> yeah, I do love it. But, like, yeah, I, I just, like, I really want to kind of, like, reverse the narrative around it to make mm-hmm. it, like, a positive celebratory thing to be sober. Because I think it's cool to be sober, personally. Agreed. I think it's cool, too. I love, uh, I'm so proud of, like, where I've come and what I've done and, the fight that is like inside of me that I would have, I never thought was like possible. Um, And it is. So that's why I like everything about my story is I always tell, like when I go and talk to like kids, um, high schoolers and stuff, like I'm like, if you're at home and you're watching Murray and you see those commercials where it's like, if I could do it, like you could do it. Like that (laughs) shit is my story. Like I would have never thought that, you know, with no business background that I would be running a business and employing, you know, five people and you know traveling the country and you know reading like getting paid to read basically like I amazing it's the best thing dude and like it's because I decided to like invest in myself and truly you know figure out what was like my issues were and what was bothering me and like have the strength to get sober and it's changed my life 100 yeah I could never have my company if I wasn't sober no I couldn't have I mean like gonna have my dog if I wasn't sober he's a lot of work I found <laughs> out that I enjoyed reading after I got sober because your girl was bored oh. af like what do you do <laughs> oh what yeah do you do? Ta- and it's a usual question it's like differently <laughs> yeah and it's like what do you do now and it's like man so much shit like I do so much stuff like that doesn't involve drinking and one of those things was finding out that I really enjoyed reading and then it's led me to this you know yeah so it was cool um, speaking about your companies, um, there's like a lot of misconceptions about how going sober affects artists and creativity. Um, like pe- people will say that so- sobriety kills creativity and that's obviously not the case, um, especially for you two. So how do you, how, like you talked a little bit about how sobriety helped you start and maintain your company, but like, can you talk more about that? Yeah. Um, Bookbo helped. I mean, I, created an entire brand um you know and it more than anything cleared my mind it you know it showed me uh that I was a legit smart free thinker um who finally 
um, had an idea and for once I listened to myself and I just like really felt it in my bones and I just moved forward. Didn't even think twice about it. Cause it was at the point where I was like, I knew that if I could do anything, like getting sober was like going to be the hardest feat ever. It was something that I'd, I'd known longer than I can remember, um, you know, drinking. And then I was like, if I can do that, like what else can I do? And I was like, that's what, that was my high that I was chasing. Um, and then I, you know, started my business and I'm like, what else can I do? <laughs> like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, did I take the red pill? Like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right pill. Oh you know what I'm saying? God. But yeah. I was like, who is this lady? And so I was just like constantly like, <laughs> it's just truly impressed by myself and like my ideas. Girl, you should see my notes. Like, the crazy part is like, it was just the business. Like, I can't keep up. But I have no opportunity. Like, I have so many ideas, like, which isn't, like, usually the problem. I So sobriety has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. It changed your damn life. That's all I'm saying. Stop yeah, drinking, kids. It is, <laughs> it is so hard, but so, so, so worth it. Like, I... Like, I mean, like I said, like, I didn't know I had so much anxiety until I stopped drinking. And I still wouldn't... I wouldn't trade that, like, at all. Like, I, like, I love... I love not being hungover. I love knowing what's happening every day. I love knowing what I did the night before. I love knowing who I did or did not do the night before. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have that much that much sex, but even still, yeah, um, yeah just just like I, like I like I've I've designed geeky clothing for, for like all throughout college and everything like that, but I just had, I had no like like willpower and initiative to actually like get it going at all like it wasn't until i stopped drinking that i could really um get my brain to focus and want to actually like do all the steps required to actually start a company and i mean when i when i stopped drinking and i really dove deep into my company i was i mean i was working like 14 to 16 hours every single day and people would be like, let's go hang out. And I knew that I couldn't be in like a bar atmosphere for at least a couple months. So just so just focusing on, on work and designing and making all these dresses really, really helped me. Yeah, I agree. It opens you up for lots of activities. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, fun activities. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like, and I don't know. Like, I know that it's a huge misconception that it's like, oh, I'm going to. It's like taking, it's like people who think like uh, taking medication is going to kill your creativity. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it, it's just going to make you not want to kill yourself. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. Something I've, I've, I've thought about is that sometimes um, alcohol will give you like a confidence or like it'll remove fear in some way. Yeah. Did you ever feel that? Right. So like. Oh yeah, of course. So how did you kind of, I guess was the desire to get sober just that just overpowered any like desire to like stay stay like have that same like that feeling of courage that you get this is gonna be a freaking danielle question because i feel like i clearly don't have any damn problem uh (laughs) talking (laughs) or you know what i mean like i uh i've i've always um I've always been a little nervous and scared, but I've never not had, I don't think, courage. I think everything mm-hmm. that, like, I've been through, like, in the past, like, even the shit we haven't even talked about, um, has has been 
uh, I've just got away with people too. I can always read. Uh, I'm not scared to like jump up and talk to people. So uh, the fact that I can be more calm in, in my element and know my product more than anything else or like go up and like make new friends, I've never had a problem with that. So alcohol sure. always just made me lose friends, to be honest, because you can imagine me on with an alcohol. Your girl's annoying as hell. <laughs> Just saying. It's the yeah, best thing that's ever happened to me. I was me. a weird mix of, like, fun, but also an asshole. So, like, when yeah. I look back, I'm like, I don't know how anyone liked me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I usually make, like, a sober post every year. And, like, the first couple years, I was just like, how did any of you like me? I was terrible. I was not, I was not how, fun. I don't I'm know curious why you to thought know I was how, fun. How are like, you now? Like, because you said you have anxiety. You didn't realize you had anxiety. Like, do you... Like Jenny was saying, do you have, is it harder now? Um, well, I have, because I had, I just like felt like I had no bodily autonomy for such a long period of my life. Um, I, most moments of my, of my life, like right now, I don't really feel it because I'm like so distracted talking most moments, most moments of my life, I like have trouble like breathing and, like, my insides just feel like they're shaking nonstop. Um, the only thing that has ever helped with that is being on Prozac, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not currently on, and that sucks. Uh, but I need to get back on it, obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I, I have, it's weird. I, I am a hermit, basically. So, But when I go out, I'm very good at, like, faking extroversion sure like because i like i genuinely really like other people so Mm -hmm. i just kind of i just kind of tell myself that i'm having a good time (laughs) okay um for the (laughs) i just kind of tell myself i'm having a good time um for like 10 minutes and i convince myself i am and then i do if that okay. makes any sense. Yeah. Does that make any sense? A little like, bit. I, like, I basically, like, I have to tell myself, I, I, it's like you're, like, psyching yourself up to be confident. Mm-hmm. And right. th- that's, like, what I did. I did that a lot when I first became sober. I would just, if I want, if I wanted to see my friends a lot of times, I would have to go to, like, these social places I didn't want to go to, which were basically anywhere. Because I, I, when I became sober and for the first like long time and still sometimes I missed drinking like in smaller settings with friends not really at bars right so like pre-gaming before like a concert or like just like sitting around bullshitting with people and all having drinks um so just like being able to just like even go and hang out with friends even if none of us were drinking was difficult and I would have to like be like this is okay, you're having a good time, you're having a good time, you're having a good time, and then I just, eventually I just would have a good time. Sometimes I think it's, like, preparing for that. Because it, it takes a lot of energy just to, if you're someone that deals with anxiety and, like, high and high stress situa- heightened stress situations, like, you mentally have to prepare yourself to enjoy that time because otherwise you don't really want to yeah. be in that situation. And it, it's... It's a hard thing to convince your your mind and your body that it's okay to be here and it's okay to have fun. I still have a very hard time if, like, my plans get changed. Like, if I, it takes me a long, <laughs> it takes me a long time to like be comfortable knowing I'm going to leave my house to go do something social, mm-hmm. and I have to like 
mentally prepare for it. So, like, if all of a sudden they get moved, like, by an hour in either direction, it's, like, oh, it's a big deal for me. Right. Uh, how, do you, how do you handle that, though? How do you handle social oh, I, situations? Oh, I just have, like, a horrible anxiety attack and I just don't tell people. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've basically internalized my anxiety attacks since my whole life. But How about you, Bonita? <laughs> How do you handle uh, being in social situations where pe- other people are drinking, um, but yeah, you are not? Yeah, that's less about drinking and more just about existing. Yeah, yeah. My, like I said, I don't, like, you know, I always feel so bad because I just don't, I've never, like, I just don't have a problem, like, um, like you know, making friends and trying to make the best out of situations or, you know, uh, but my, my trick, I just have a plan. Um, I know what, I, I usually have a ginger ale with a lime, mm-hmm. the more it looks like a drink. Um, I am not good for mocktails because I don't want to trick myself into thinking yeah, that I need, I need drinks. I really don't. Okay. Every now and then I will have like an old duels if like I'm really trying to celebrate or it's been a really hard day and I'm out and I'm like, I'll, you know, I'll ask for something in a dirty glass. So I feel like a hard ass. And I know what that is, but I'm sure Arkita doesn't. So what oh, is Duels that? is a just non-alcoholic <laughs> beer, which oh is like God. mind-blowing to most people because it's like, why the hell would you drink that nasty shit? I also um, don't drink beer. I can't. Uh, oh, yeah. Beer was what your girl went down for. Um, so I, if I wanted it, just like, you know, uh, I would have something like that very rarely. But I have a plan and I usually have a drink. So many people, and I know Dee can like attest to this, but so many people are so concerned with why you're not drinking. It's the craziest yeah. thing. You know, everyone wants to know why you're not drinking. And so, um, you I know, you because I was an asshole. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> what? So if I usually <laughs> you say because you're an asshole. I was like, yeah. I was like, because I was an asshole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, why I'm not? Because I'm not trying to take my shirt off tonight in front of oh, all these no. strangers. You know what I mean? But no, my, my plan is really like to just, I have a plan. I usually do a ginger roll with a lime. I sip on it slowly. I mean, no one really questions it. It looks like a bubbly drink with a damn, you're a lime in anything, you're gooch. You know, no one will say anything. In, in drinking settings, not just like general yeah. social settings. I, I'm actually usually pretty fine around other people who are drinking. I've mm-hmm. also been sober for almost seven years now. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit different than when you first become sober. Um... If I am feeling uncomfortable, like I was at um, the St. Mark's Comics closing celebration reunion thing, and that when I worked there, it was a time of my life when I was an extremely heavy drinker, so it it brought back a lot of those memories to be around all of those friends. Who I'm still friends with a lot of them, and they respect my sobriety, of course. But um, but just being around them just happens to bring back those memories. So like, if I'm feeling that way, like you normally I obsessively drink water. But if I start to feel that way, like that's when I I know I need a soda or a Shirley yeah. Temple or whatever right. because my nerves are starting to catch on fire, and I'm like, okay, I need something sugary. Yeah, I also bring a lot of my drinks, too. Like, I don't go to bars or anything like that just because I, I mean, I kind of have a saying that I've heard that's, like, you hang around at the barbershop long enough, you're bound to get a haircut. Um, Okay. So, it's kind of that concept where I'm okay with my hair this length, but, you know, you hang out long enough and, you know, you got slits in your eyebrows and, 
half your head is shaved <laughs> for example yeah. no so so i usually don't put myself in that situation there's not really many times but i've been to book signings that i've had after parties mm-hmm. uh you know and stuff like that or i go to dinner with like potential clients or people that i've like known within the industry and you know they're drinking so that's usually like my plan i don't it's nothing too crazy and if it's like outdoor or something i bring my your girl comes double fist in with like waters and teas (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah yeah i um you you mentioned non-alcoholic beers when i was early into my sobriety someone brought one to my house thinking like i would want one and they spilled it on my pillow Oh no! My whole bed smelled like Wait. it. I was like, it's, it's grossing me like out beer. just thinking about it. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is night the nightmare scenario. They felt really bad. Yeah, <laughs> but they were also really drunk. Yeah, yikes! And I was like, oh god damn it! <laughs> it is hard trying to navigate like hanging out with people in social settings and not having alcohol involved because. I'm not a sober person, but I've had people, I go out all the time, and I do not, every single time I go out, I do not drink. I think I go out more often and not drink than, I'm trying to figure out the right word for it. You don't have to drink when you go out. Right. Like, I'll go out, and I'm like, I'm fine, and I get questioned all the time, and they're like, well, why aren't you drinking? Why don't you want to drink? Why aren't you having this? It's the craziest thing. And, And I'm like... Because I don't want to. And sometimes it's like before my dance class and I'm like, because I have to lift a person that's like 150 pounds, I don't want to drop them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the culture, man. I'm sure it was like, I don't know how hard it was in college, but in college when you're surrounded by people, I, I have people who would be like, they would be like for, trying to force feed like mm-hmm. drinks to people. I'm like, you can't yeah, do that. You can't do that. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a learning thing. And I think... Um, it's a it's a learning and experience thing. So yeah, sometimes it just takes time for people to like for that to click. But like, if someone doesn't want to drink, it's okay, and you don't have to like get but, them to drink or yeah. get them to have alcohol because having alcohol does not equate to having a good time. Exactly. Yes, we live in a society where it's like cool to drink, and basically, as soon as I became sober, I, I stopped understanding why that is because like. I mean, a lot of my, like, personality, I felt like, was based on the fact that I was able to drink people under the table, and that yeah. was so cool. And But, like, but as soon as I became sober, I was like, why is that cool? I, was, I didn't remember my night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't remember what I said to this person. Like, I don't remember if I made them feel good or bad. Like, right. Like, well... Within, like, geek culture, I know that more and more conventions are allowing alcohol in, within yeah. them. And I I'm not know... a fan of that. <laughs> At Dragon Con, a guy, a kid, or whatever, uh, not a child, but whatever, walked by my booth and opened up his, like, rum and coke, and it exploded all over me and my booth. Oh, and it yeah, was, that was super sucks. triggering. Because yeah, I, was just, I, was, I was just covered in rum. And when you are a vendor you can't go anywhere you can't go back and shower somewhere you just have to stand there for the next nine hours smelling the rum and coke on you when you have been a recovering alcoholic for like i think it was five years at that time and so i was just like and that was my drink of choice like right and the person just like didn't apologize he just like ran off what 
Yeah, luckily I had another dress under my table to change into, so it was just like my hair smelt of it, and not my yeah, clothes sucks, anymore. So. Yeah, I'd run to Jordan's and A the next booth over. I'm like, yo, need one of your yeah. shirts, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to actually uh, move on to um, talking about, since we are fandom and wellness, um, <laughs> kind of like examples of sobriety in media, which uh, honestly, did it's hard to find like fictional um examples i know there's like plenty of celebrities that like are sober but it's actually pretty hard to find uh which when we're naming them i'm gonna call them by their fictional names (laughs) (laughs) okay if you want to (laughs) but like fandom really (laughs) but like the only (laughs) i don't oh my god that might just make it confusing but okay we'll see nope um i was just but like the most like a uh, recent example of like someone trying to get sober in like a TV show is like Klaus from the Umbrella Academy because like obviously uh, he is like he's got a lot of problems including uh, being able to hear the dead and that's why he drinks and takes all these drugs um, but like it was like the reason why he stopped drinking was because he couldn't um fully uh use his powers and couldn't fully kind of like experience life and um he realized that he had a connection to somebody else and that was kind of like a motivation to stop like taking drugs and drink so that's yes. like the only example i can think of that is like in media um and i know in the comics iron man was also sober yes do you, do you know anything about that about him being sober and I don't know was he in the actual like sh- in the show I definitely know that um Robert Downey Jr is um sober in obviously real life yeah uh, yeah so so I'm in the MCU I do not believe Iron no, I Man doubt it yeah. is sober because I mean I, I read like an interview with Matt Fraction with, with Matt Fraction uh who was the writer on Iron Man um and he I guess he was saying, like, it's, like, it wouldn't have, like, vibed well to do, like, a whole arc on Iron Man's sobriety in the MCU. Which I think is silly, because Robert Downey Jr. is sober. Yeah. I mean, my personal favorite is um, Aldous Snow from freaking Forgetting Sarah Marshall, a.k.a. Russell Brand. Yeah. Oh, and does he? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, oh over. my god, that's that's a <laughs> that's a blast from the past. I used to be a big fan of Russell Brand. Oh my god, did he? He's a, he he's a you weird, off being crazy. He's a now, weirdo. He's yeah, a little man, crazier than before. I think. Yeah, and I freaking I really truly enjoy it, man. Like I just really love like the depth that he's willing to like go and like to dive to like really like like uh just truly find himself like what makes him happy i mean he's totally freaking nuts but man that's, <laughs> yeah, that's why sure i love is. him uh, yeah. but yeah. still sober man doing your thing bro <laughs> i'm here for it you know who else is sober who who fucking spider-man oh toby toby mcguire yeah mm-hmm. harry potter harry i did not know potter. that daniel radcliffe i didn't know that either harry fucking potter <laughs> <laughs> i did not know that Ooh, I'm looking at your notes here. I didn't know Kendrick yep. Lamar was sober. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's tight. Padme. Natalie Portman. Yup. 
Rocket Raccoon. Oh my gosh. Bradley <laughs> Cooper. You want to work in comic books? You better get sober. <laughs> Blake Lively played a... Sure. Professor's fucking in Green Lantern. Oh, Carol. I know. Gossip Girl? Yeah, you know, I like Green Lantern more. Uh, Said no Jada one Pinkett ever. Smith. The movie. What? JK. Nothing. I was being funny. Just forget it. I saw. I heard you got that. Me? I was like, oh. <laughs> pew pew. Rob Lowe is like super known for being sober, and he's super hot. You want to get real hot? Get sober. Your skin will get real good. Oh, I mean, look at me glowing over here. <laughs> it's true. My skin got so much better after I stopped drinking. I'm sure. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Psh. Come on. Come on. I know. Come on. <laughs> fucking, fucking Ewan McGregor? Yeah. That's a double whammy right there. Fucking yeah. I mean, Harry Potter and, this... and Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, no, but this just, just goes to show you that this can affect anybody at any stage of your life. Because mm-hmm. Money, no money, obviously. Yeah, money, no, mm-hmm. no matter where you are, like, help is there t- that you can... God. The struggle is real yeah. everywhere. Is what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah, exactly. It's that everywhere. It doesn't yeah. discriminate. And I feel like the sooner you realize that you're you're worth more than what your addiction is telling you, mm-hmm. the sooner you can get help and get better. Girl, message. Yeah. It, um. I. <laughs> I'm, I'm like chatting with Kelly Sue Duconic right now, uh, who's the writer on Captain Marvel, and is married Actually, to Matt Fraction. She's no longer on. She was. Well, she was. Oh, she I'm was. sorry. I'm sorry. She's moved on to was. Aquaman. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, her I... and Arthur Curry are having a <laughs> Well, she is 19 years sober, and I asked her if she had anything she wanted to say to our guest, and she said, "If your life has become unmanageable and you want what she has, find a meeting." Because she went sober through AA. Um. And she said, you don't have to believe in God. You only have to understand that you are not God. Okay. Ooh, which, wow. Interesting. That okay. pretty great. That, those are some, those are really deep words. It's like she's like a makes... writer or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Do, so do you guys have any resources you want to share? Um, well, I, I'm, you know, I meant to mention Al-Anon when we were talking about advice for friends and family, um, which is basically, it's a support group that I think it kind of goes hand in hand with AA. Uh, it's for people who have like loved ones that are, um, alcoholics or, uh, drug users or anything like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that the person, or you know what, they might not even have a loved one, they might just be affected by someone who is using substances. Um, It helps them deal with, like, the trauma that they are experiencing. It helps them understand that they can't, like, force someone into sobriety. It helps Mm -hmm. them have, like, other people to support them. Right. Which is a big thing. That's called Al Anon, like alcohol. A L space A N O N. I don't really have it... anything, unfortunately. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was asking if it was an app or is it like a meeting space? No, it's a, it's it... it's similar to AA. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like a it's like a group meeting space where okay. you can all in your area. You just type it in, and they'll show. It'll pop up with like mm-hmm. all kinds of meetings and stuff like that. Um, 
yeah, my fam, no one was really a part of, of my recovery other than myself. So yeah. I don't really like have any like major tips. I, I do see you have on here, Jenny, which I'm going to take from you. I'm sorry. It's um, okay. But the, um, I have the, I am sober app awesome. and that was really, really cool. Like just personally for me, my biggest thing that I like got the biggest kick out of was like putting in how much money I was spending on alcohol and then truly yes. finding out what how much I was saving. Um, so the money and then just like celebrating the little moments, like really cool thing about it in the beginning is you um, they celebrate small mile, milestones, like every milestone is is important. So whether that was like a week and then it was like two weeks and then the further you got along in it, the like the less that it would tell you, you know, how exciting. But it was cool in the beginning because it was really like I feel like your only friend and like really proving that you were like doing it um so that was like my big tip and then just looking up and finding a local like counselor uh in your area I cannot recommend it enough yeah you know it's you know you're I mean a big thing with um AA and getting sober is taking it one day at a time which Mm -hmm. is really important but i I personally believe, and the majority of people that I know that have stayed sober have recognized that it it's kind of, it's more of like a goodbye to alcohol. Like you're not, like you have to recognize with yourself, like it's, you're not taking a break from alcohol. You're not trying to build a healthy relationship to be able to start drinking again. Mm-hmm. This is not a healthy relationship for you. Drinking is not healthy, or at least for me, it was not. And so like, when I became sober, the day I became sober, I knew that I was never going to be able to drink again. Agreed. And I'm, I'm shocked that I was able to do it, but, uh, but I did know that if I were to ever successfully be sober, I needed to know I was not going to be able to have a drink one day because it would snowball into five drinks. There's no Same. way it would be, oh, I could have a drink of wine at the bar or like with friends. It's not a thing. Yeah, I know love. the minute I got that buzz, it was over. Yep. You know, life's long. Like, if you, if you're, well, because a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll be sober for like 30 days and then they'll, they'll have a drink and they'll get really upset because they have to like restart their count. But it's like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to restart your count. Like, it's okay. Like, okay, so you, you messed up and you had that drink. It's better to restart your count than to throw your life away continuing to drink when you you know that you can't it's okay that count is just there for you it's not anyone else um yeah um so anyway so the other resource that i really like (laughs) is uh to write love on her arms um i actually i (laughs) I threw a party and raised a bunch of money for it a couple years ago i'm like i like to do things every year on my sobriety anniversary if that's not obvious by now um but they're yeah, the, I think a lot of people do. I think the reminder just, like, feels good. It's, like, the one-year chip and the two-year chip. and the, um, uh, But, yeah, to write love on our arms, the reason I like them is because they deal with not only addiction, but also, like, depression and self-injury and suicidal ideation. And they um, donate a lot of money to, like, treatment and recovery. That's dope. I have to remember that. I also love to write love on her arm. I've been following them since like college. I think college, high school is when I like finally acknowledged that I actually had depression, and I kind of used them as a resource mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, they're they're good for so many things. 
Mm-hmm. I ju- and I also just feel like I feel like depression and suicidalization go so hand in hand with addiction. Um, and like I was saying earlier, like w- like once you go sober, sometimes all those feelings come at you tenfold. Right. Which is like it was so good that you went to therapy immediately. And I wish if I could do it over again, I would have. Right. So thank you for bringing up therapy. <laughs> yeah, therapy is for everyone. No, Hell yeah, no, it is. No one is above therapy. No. Is... And trust me, you're cooler for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone is better for it. I'm yeah. Like, I, yeah. Like, like, through sobriety and through therapy, I am definitely a much more, like, empathetic person than I ever was before age 25. <laughs> Tough. Yeah, and I and I, I I meant to say when we were talking about like so, like social settings and all that stuff, like I really I really would love it if there were more like so like I love 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 Geek Girl Brunch, love mm-hmm. them, but it is an al- an alcohol centric right like, fan club yes. group thing. So I wish that there was something that was like a sister of theirs that was for like not drinking right. Yeah, I really want to start something in Austin because totally, there's so, dude. That's the there's so place many to do it. geek girl bosses here that do yes. not drink. Yeah. Um, right. I, I mean, I, I just love, like, I was, I'm talking like uh, Pink Samurai right now and I'm uh, Becky and I'm just like, I just want to have like all the geek girl bosses who don't drink over that I know, like over in my house, like to have like virgin strawberry daiquiris like in my pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You couldn't pick a better place to have brunch though in Austin, man. Woo-wee! Fire food in Austin. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe, review, and rate us. It's the easiest way to support our podcast. If you leave a five-star review, we might pick it up to read it on the air. This week's review comes from Lauren on Facebook. Lauren says, I love this podcast. It's really fun to listen to and engaging. I listen at work and it really helps the day go faster. I can't wait to see what this podcast has in store. Thank you, Lauren. We love you. Thank you. If you want to chat with us about the episode, our social medias are Fandom and Wellness on Instagram. Fandom and Wellness on Facebook. And Fandom Wellness on Twitter. And if you want bonus content, you can join our fandom family at patreon.com slash fandom and wellness for Patreon exclusive geek sessions. And remember... Be kind and take no shit. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Hey.